Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. As you well know by now, PSG are in the Champions League semi-finals for the second time in their history and Lyon are in the Champions League semi-finals for the second time in their history. Neither club has ever gone further and this is a historic opportunity for France to be represented in a Champions League final for the first time since 2004 with Monaco, if you consider Monaco to be in France. Uh, this may be a preview show, but we'll be making many references to the past to illustrate just how special this moment is for French football. And we'll discuss, of course, all you need to know about the coming two games, PSG Leipzig and Lyon Bayern Munich. I am your host, Pierre-Paul Birmingham, for this preview show. With me here today, we have Kale Stockwell. Hi, Kale. Hey, Pierre-Paul. Good to be here. Yes. Good to talk to you again. We're getting to do this quite a lot recently. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to complain, though. It's under good <laughs> circumstances, at least. What did you think of uh, the videos and images of Lyon fans going crazy in Lyon last night? i got to be honest with you. I didn't even see those videos. In- oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're... The- I was the one going to bed <laughs> while they were partying. You're in America, in North America. Uh, you should be staying up. I mean, you should be awake to see those. Disappointing. <laughs> um, here with us today is Clinton McDovis. Hi. Good evening once again. Hey, Clinton. Hi. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, two fixtures have been postponed for the opening weekend of Liga, which is in one week's time. Uh, those two games are PSG, Metz, and Montpellier-Lyon, uh, because obviously those are the two teams still involved in Champions League. So the games have been moved back a few weeks, moved moved back a few weeks into September. Do you think this is going to decrease the quality of the opening Liga weekend, or do you have other reasons to be excited? Oh, no, I don't think it, it would reduce the quality or um, bring it down because um, I've been pretty excited by some of the transfer activities that I've been seeing from the Gun Clubs and the way they've been planning for this season. And I think with um, all the rest that they've got in, I mean, Liga has been off since March. Um, I think with all of that, um, they are all ready to go and eager to get you know started. So I think that um, the quality on show would be very good. A lot of teams have strengthened, at least on the terrain, look stronger than they did last season. So that's a positive. Um, you have Marseille, you have Lille, and all the other teams. So it will be pretty interesting to see. And I think that it will be fun. It will be a fun starting weekend. I have to say, I'm so not ready for Liga to start. Like The Champions League has been so <laughs> busy that it doesn't feel real that in weeks, one week's time, on next Monday, we would be recording the first Liga uh, GFFN show. I don't know what we're going to talk about, especially if if a French team is in the Champions League semi- eh, final, let alone two. Like the rest is going to be so hard to pay attention to, seriously. Um, but all right then, let's begin with uh, the uh, some preview for the uh, first semi final, which is between PSG and RB Leipzig on Tuesday evening. So for PSG, this is the first semi-final since 1995, uh, when they uh, played against AC Milan and lost 3-0 on aggregate uh, 
famously they had knocked Barcelona out in the in the quarterfinals just before that, and uh, 25 years into their history, they reached their first semi-final. 25 years later, they're in their second. So, so good for them, uh, guys. Let's begin with the news that came out today. Uh, team news. We've suspected for a few days now that Verratti and Kaylor Navas would not make the team. Now we just got confirmation uh, shortly before we started recording that Kaylor Navas would not be able to play and Sergio Rico will be in goals. Kaylor, do you think the loss of Navas is, is, a, is a big deal for PSG as they approach the game? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, people have some issues with Navas that he sort of makes blunders or doesn't come up in big moments, but some of the saves he's made in this Champions League run have been so well-timed and enormous. I, I think he's going to be a big loss, especially because having loaned out Alphonse Areola, the drop-off now between Navas and their second-string keeper, Sergio Rico, is pretty serious. Well, what do you think of, of Sergio Rico? Uh, I mean, trying to be uh, generous, I think he is a reasonable backup, but he's probably not someone that Tuchel is comfortable playing in a Champions League semifinal, to say the least. Let's put it that way. <laughs> wow. Okay. I thought you were going to have nicer words for him. He was at Sevilla, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's just say they shipped Sergio Rico out <laughs> of Sevilla. Cause oh, wow. Okay. He- yeah, and also Navas has that, well, you know, from everything we know, it looks like Navas has been a big influence in the squad and with his experience of winning three Champions Leagues and so on. I mean, he'll still be around and, and we'll be able to share that experience with, with the others. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to not have him on the pitch, and he's had some good performances recently as well. So uh, that that is a worry. Uh, there's another uh, information a piece of information that came out uh, today concerning the team news. Uh, according to L'Equipe, it looks like Mauro Icardi will be starting uh, and PSG playing in a 4-2-3-1. Clinton, what are your thoughts on that? I I, um, I don't know. <laughs> very, very, that makes me so sad because I really, really do not like Icardi in that side. He has been very disappointing. He has been like a ghost, as far as I'm concerned, for for months now. And that's been pretty, in fact, I didn't want them to renew, like to make the deal permanent. But I understood the, the reason why they did at the time that they did, especially with Cavani leaving and all of that. But at the same time, I, I I'm curious to see what Yoko is trying to do here. Although I I'm not sure this this is the right move because um, the four to two two they've been playing they've been using for most of the season has been really good and they've kind of gotten used to it. And I'm not a fan of managers changing formations like that. I mean, I understood in the last game that it was necessary because of the absence of Kylian and the injuries and all of that. But in this game now, um, semi-final, going back to what worked and what has been working for you all season, might just I mean it's, it's just okay to keep it simple and to go away. I mean we saw what Pep did last night and how that you know came back to bite him. So I'm wondering what Tuchel is doing. And I really feel like even if he's going to start someone, 
you know in that position you should be promoting i know it sounds crazy and it sounds like i'm i'm being reactionary but i was actually saying it before promoting became the hero that he probably offers more than ikadi at this point and even if he's not you know a goal threat or he's not scoring or anything at least he's a disruptor at least he moves around and just disturbs and his natural instinct to go wide or something it kind of helps with pulling out defenders and all of that at least that creates some space for Neymar and Mbappe to really operate and, and Di Maria as well but with Icardi he's he's not moving well he's not anticipating well his anticipation especially has been very very disappointing so when you consider that and the fact that he's just been a ghost and he hardly touches the ball hardly does anything then I mean one wonders what Tuchel is trying to do. But I guess we'll see when the game comes. But I'm, I'm predicting now that he's not going to last an hour. Is that all right if I jump in there, Pierre Paul? Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, let me start by saying I basically agree with everything Clinton said. I don't think mm-hmm. that Icardi has done a whole lot to justify being an automatic selection in the 11 thus far, at least in this Champions League run. I will say that if I'm trying to put myself in Tuchel's mind, perhaps I think what he might be thinking is that I can, if I can leave Icardi up top and his sole job can just be basically to pin Dio Upamecano, then maybe that is the job that I need him to do. And if he can just hold that position and be a, be a, a threat in quotation marks, let's say, then it might open up some space for the other three guys to start working in behind him. And I think ideally, probably what they'd want to do anyway is try and isolate Klosterman and Halstenberg and work those guys more while trying to keep Makano tied up and occupied. So that could be in his thinking. That's a yeah, that's an interesting point. Um I think you guys covered the Icardi question pretty well there. I don't really have anything to add uh to that, but I feel like Regarding the four-two-three-one, I mean, presumably the idea, one of the ideas is that Neymar remains in that kind of number ten position, uh, which, based on you know how we've seen him play recently, is not a bad idea. Um, and if and with more support around him, because uh, what we haven't said yet is that Mbappe will be back, Di Maria will be back, uh, and presumably they will be the wingers. Um, so with them working around Neymar as well. Uh, you know, we'll be seeing something different from from what we saw during most of the Atlanta match, um, and more options for for Neymar to to create and and move the ball around, and hopefully have less to do all by himself. Um, well, I, I do think that um, the Pomecano point we can look at it from a different angle now because Pomecano tends to take the ball out of defense himself. In fact, sometimes it goes on all those really um, long runs like Maguire does or used to do at Leicester where he just takes the ball out of defense and he carries it. Now, I think that presents an opportunity for PSG because it means that he's someone that can be drawn out of his position in the center you know, of defense. So, and that's something that they can always capitalize on with Kylian and Co. But I, I don't think that Ikari has the mobility to really, you know, move him out of that position or beat him out of something. And that's where I have the problem. If it was someone like maybe Cavani, you know that Cavani has a lot of movement and all of that. And, you know, if there's a way to just trap Pamecano and get him out of position and, you know, have him 
trying to play catch up or something or trying to run back to his it's in PSG already attacking that space, and that that probably makes it worth it. But I don't know if Icardi can really do this. That's where me I have the problem. I don't know if Icardi can really do this because he seems to be too sluggish, and his body language is so you know terrible to see. I mean, I think they tried it also against Atalanta. There were times when Icardi just acted like the guy that would just touch the ball for someone to run run past the defender who is on in. But I don't know if he'll be able to do that with Pomecano this time. But like I said, um, we'll have to see that. But my prediction is one hour will be sent off. I'm picking off. <laughs> I guess so. Um, for anyone wondering how uh, Likip are, are getting this information about the way they're going to set up and so on, uh, I'm pretty sure this is not a mole or anything. It's because uh, I read a few days ago that basically the training ground that PSG are using in Portugal, uh, pretty much any passerby can look into it, uh, the way it's set up, and, and it's not really hidden from, from, from public eye. And so journalists have been able to uh, see what Tuchel, uh, uh, you know, does in, in, in training and so on. And that's how they kind of called the lineup the other day, right, as well. Um, and that's one of those things, by the way, where that if PSG lose, uh, they'll be... <laughs> super angry and you know maybe a maybe a a club communique and or whatever addressing journalists publishing this information about training even though uh yeah any passerby can really look at that um so that was just uh something to explain um anyways so guys let's talk about uh this leipzig team which uh uh full disclaimer i have not really seen much of personally uh in I did not watch their game against Atletico, uh, but I, you guys have. Uh, what can you tell me about them? I hear they play really good football, but uh, what are the details? Um, well, I think one of the sort of main calling cards of Leipzig for me this season is just being the amount of tactical fluidity they have. There's so much flow to to their tactics and to their formations. Uh, Nagelsmann changes the formation sometimes multiple times a game. He's got lots of players in the team that can play multiple positions. Uh, it, it makes them very difficult to manage or to um, sort of progress with through the 90 minutes because they'll throw so many different looks at you throughout the course of a match. Uh, some of the key you know, fixtures in the team are Nkunku and now Sabitzer and Limer, these guys that have really high work rates. They're really intelligent players. They get to the right spaces. They're an excellent pressing team as well. I mean, they're they're a really good side, I think, to put it simply. So uh, you mentioned Christopher Nkunku, who obviously uh, signed from PSG last summer, and that's uh, one of the little subplots. Uh, of the semi-final, and I'm sure you can expect profiles of him popping up in in various news sources, uh, news outlets in the next couple of days before the game. Uh, how has he progressed over the season uh, since since leaving PSG? Uh, he's been a revelation for Leipzig. You know, like I said, he's he's a guy that Nagelsmann has used in multiple different positions on both wings sometimes. He works really well in their counterattacking game, which sort of was kind of the way that that Leipzig or 
want, like to play, or so the Leipzig, the, let's say the Red Bull group like to play. And Nagelsmann now has gone to more of a possession style football. They're capable of playing that kind of game. And Nkuku hasn't missed a beat. He's been brilliant in that. I think I don't have the stats in front of me, but he might be first on the side in shot creating actions for 90. He's, he's had a fantastic year for them. And, and Clinton, do you see this team causing problems to PSG? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think that um, a lot of people are probably underrating them at this point, and that that would not that's not ideal at all. And I hope PSG aren't looking at them the same way because, I mean, obviously taking out the Mourinho team without considering a goal in um, knockout football is a big deal. It's a bigger deal than people think because, I mean, obviously, Jose Mourinho's stock has dropped a bit in the eyes of many people, so they probably didn't take that re- result as um, something really significant, but it is. It's a knock. It's knockout football, and Mourinho is one of the masters of knockout football. Um, also, Simeone as well is someone who only Cristiano Ronaldo has been able to knock out of the Champions League for so long, and Leipzig did it, and they did it very convincingly. In fact, um, during the game, uh, people were saying, "Oh, um, PSG would want to avoid Atletico, so it's good that this result is going the way it is." And then, you know, I saw a few people have to point out that. Perhaps PSG should be more worried about facing uh, Leipzig because the way they look on this evidence, then they're going to cause a lot of problems. And I agree with that because they looked so good that day. And what, what struck me and what has struck me about them, like um, Kale mentioned, is that they are so fluid with their tactical variations, the way they, they move from one approach to the other. They are so fluid um, against Atletico. It was very, very difficult to tell what they were doing at certain points. I mean, it must have confused the Atletico players because they were just switching between, you know, different things, different ideas and everything. I was finding Conrad Leimer on the right as well as Sabitza and then they would move into the centre as well sometimes. They were just in different positions and it was really, really hard to, you know, keep up with all of that. And I think that's one thing that is like their X factor. The fact that they are so free tactically and they can just bring surprises on you at different points. Nagusman is obviously a very, very intelligent manager, and he kind of reminds me of, you know, Maximiliano Allegri, who does the same kind of thing. He tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and tweaks. And I wonder if Tuchel has the range to be able to keep up with that and, you know, set PSG up to constantly deal with whatever threat comes. So I think that's where the real worry is, and I think they are going to cause PSG a lot of problems. But in the end, I feel like, it's going to come down to PSG's ability to take advantage of whatever um, issues Leipzig, well, whatever flaws, you know, pop up in Leipzig's game. And with the quality that PSG have, then you'd obviously expect that to happen. Well, um, I think you have uh, started to worry me for PSG because, again, I mean, I recuse myself from any judgment of Leipzig. I don't know much about them, but my impression coming into this is that, uh, well, there's a difference between the approach to this match and the one against Atalanta, I think. Because with Atalanta, even though on paper it seemed completely obvious that PSG should be winning it, the closer we got to the game, the more there were reasons to worry as, as people started to realize that Atalanta were you know better than what the on paper was showing. And that PSG were losing some players to injury or, or, or whatever. And we basically had this feeling that we've 
had quite a few times with PSG matches of, you know, oh no, this could go wrong. And that that has, I mean, we have seen that have an effect on, on the way PSG play in the past. And it almost did against Atalanta. I mean, we would be saying that it did had they not had that kind of miracle last four minutes. Um, but on the other hand, now that they have gotten over that kind of fright, I feel like PSG can, I mean, I imagine PSG will be, will feel liberated on Tuesday and will not, you know, have that kind of, uh, that terrifying feeling in sport of, oh boy, I, I, I hope I don't mess this up. Um, and, you know, the way I was thinking about this game before we started talking was that, uh, you know, PSG would, would, yeah, would be freed from, from that worry and would basically approach it with the confidence that they would approach, uh, you know, say a Liga match, which is not to say that Leipzig is, uh, you know, at the level of the average Liga team. I'm sure they're much better. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, with PSG have the confidence, then the level of the other team is less of, I mean, you know, that confidence is kind of more important than than the level to some extent. Um, but you guys have, have brought to my attention some, some worrying points. Um, <laughs> I, I think you brought up a really good point, mm-hmm. which is this idea of confidence. And I do think that that is really important to PSG's game, not in sort of this like abstract on the field, be confident that you can win sort of idea. But I think we watched the idea of confidence play out in the last two matches last the previous evenings which is Bayern went to play Barcelona with supreme confidence in their tactics and their ability and they just went and they played their game and they mopped the floor with Barcelona because they believed that they were the better team and they were the better team and I think last night you saw the opposite of that Guardiola he was he lacked confidence in his tactics and he lacked confidence in his team's ability and he put out a, a formation, a look that they weren't familiar with because of that lack of confidence. And it bit them in the end. And mm. Tuchel has, I think, struggled with that in the past. And I think we saw it in the first leg when they played Dortmund, when he threw out the 3-4-3. Three, three, and you're sort of screaming into your TV at that point, just play the 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. You can do this. You have the mm-hmm. talent. You have the ability. You just have to believe in your tactics and your team and your players. And I think that is a huge storyline going into this match. Yeah, I think that confidence question is older than, than Tuchel. I think it was unquestionably there under Emery when you see the, the remontada thing and, and, you know, even in kind of other incidents and possibly kind of started right before. Like, if you remember when PSG played Man City under, I think it was Laurent Blanc last year, right, in 2016, they came up, similar to the criticism that Guardiola's had, PSG came up with some funny formation against City that they had never played before, and, and, and they lost. And I think uh, that, that was a similar issue back there. I will say about Bayern, though, that while their confidence is clearly very high, it does help when you play a team that doesn't have a defense or barely even has a team, to be honest. Um, but we'll get on to them in a, in a, in a minute. Um, right. So let's have your predictions, guys. And I know we kind of traditional de- traditionally do score predictions, but because I uh, personally feel uh, 
I, it's too difficult for me sometimes, score predictions. If you want to uh, predict anything about the game that's not necessarily related to the score, please feel free to do so. Uh, who would like to start? I want Clinton to go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to predict a goal or assist from Kilian. That's the best I can do. What? Okay, that sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to predict that um, if Leipzig play um, Yusuf Paulson, then he will not get a sniff. Kimpembe will absolutely finish him. Too sure of that. Okay. I think I um, probably jinxed it for them, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is a more interesting prediction. Um, Kale? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll go out on a limb and say at least I think PSG will win this game. I think they will. I think the players that they're missing, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that they're going to be missing Verratti, and that is perhaps the biggest blow that a team could take at this point in the competition. He might be the best player in his position in the world right now, and he's so fundamental to how PSG to how press resistant this PSG side have become and to how well they advance the ball and break teams down in the final third. It, it's going to be a big loss. But even with that said, I still think they have enough up front, especially to get past Leipzig if they play to the top of their game. Yeah. Um, my, my prediction is also that PSG will go through and will make it to their final uh, Um Basically, based on the last point that I raised about confidence. I mean, even though you have got me questioning myself with your with your Leipzig analyses, um, I still believe uh, that it, it should be okay for, for PSG. Okay, uh, that brings us to the second match then, which is Lyon-Bayern Munich, uh, a rematch of the semifinal in 2010. Uh, when in 2010, that was a fun year when Lyon had played Bordeaux in the quarterfinals, and we were assured of a of a semifinalist. Um, Lyon won that obviously and lost 4-0 on aggregate against uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, what's his name? Olic scored a hat trick in the return match for that one, and uh, Thomas Müller played in both games, and he's still around. Uh, that's, that's interesting to notice. David Alba was also a, a sub for uh, Bayern back then. And, uh, I mean, interestingly, I did a quiz the other day and I could name the entire Lyon team from that time. Uh, but I can't really remember anything from this match. I had to look it up. Uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe I didn't watch it. Um, but anyways, uh, do you guys have any memories of, of, that, uh, of that semifinal 10 years ago? Yep, I remember it. Tell <laughs> I us. Remember it, was, it was a slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for Leon because, I mean, after the first leg, it was just 1 0. So I thought that, I mean, we're going to see a really difficult game in the second leg. But it was relatively easy. They just picked Leon apart. It felt like Leon were satisfied with just getting to the semi finals. Like they had, you know, done enough. They had tried and they had done something remarkable. So. There was not much else to 
really do. And it was a bit disappointing. The performance was disappointing. And the goals also, they seemed very avoidable. Um, but unfortunately, um, and just ran out. He made the balance for the first goal. I think that was where they fully lost it. As soon as Bayern scored the first goal, now they needed um, a goal to go through. The, the, the energy just dropped and you know, that was it. The rest of it just felt like a training session. Bayern were just you know, going at them again and again. And I think Robin almost scored like twice or something. Mm. So it was it was a pretty disappointing second leg. I think the first leg was more, more of a contest. It was pretty close and Bayern only got one goal that day. And, you know, Bayern were very vulnerable, in my opinion. And we even saw it in the previous round with Manchester United. They really should have lost that game. It should have been Leon Manchester United in the finals. But then, mind you, lost, you know, their composure. And Bayern came back, and that was that. So, um, it was... I remember the game here. It was very, very disappointing. The defence was just all over the place. Boomsong and Chris and those guys. It was just sad. And then Bayern went on to lose to... Jose Mourinho, which you know, just messy. proves that they should never have been let through to the final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in the first leg, actually, uh, Frank Ribery got a red card. And I've just gone back to watch the video, and I definitely remember watching this. It's a pretty terrible uh, tackle on... Uh, it's not a great yeah. video, but I'm pretty sure that's Lisandro Lopez. Um, yeah, I think I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but obviously, uh, you know, back then, it was... Can, can you just... Oh, thanks. Perfect. Um, so, so back then, it was, uh, back then it was a surprise to see, uh, you know, all the way in the semi-final. All of those were the kind of dying years of, of, of the golden generation. Golden generation, really, did. Uh, maybe even after the golden generation, to be honest. Um... It's a bit of a surprise again this year, uh, but uh, you know they're coming up now against uh, what I think is a much a very well no, but clearly is a very strong Bayern Munich. And guys, having seen that match, the eight uh, two, how are you? Are you shivering for Lyon, or is there any uh, reason to have hope? Well, um, yes, definitely. I think that the way they set up, you know, against Masti and also against Juventus means that, and we all know how the game is going to go. Bayern are going to come out and attack and play a high line and, you know, come at them and try to absolutely batter them. And Leon will have to keep things tight at the back and just, you know, frustrate Bayern while hoping to get a few breaks. I think maybe a ball from Awa here and there, a ball from Kone here and there. And, you know, if Musa is playing, he tries to get a chance. Obviously, um, Bayern would use Alfonso Davis to thwart those counter-attacks and those um, fast breaks because he's obviously really fast. So if, if Leon, I, I think that we pretty much know how it's going to go anyway. Um, Leon sit back, ban, attack, and um, Leon tried to look for opportunities on the break while Bayern tried to find spaces to score and score again. I think the key will be for Leon not to concede, at least in the first half. I don't know how possible that is because you know, Bayern are really, really good, but I think that it's doable. It's, a one, it's, it's one game. It's not two legs. It's one game. It's 90 minutes and possibly one point if you're going to keep this level. Uh, and so 
basically just have to throw everything into this, throw everything to defending these spaces and everything, and just blocking the entire area, especially that central area, and just do it. I think that, um, you know, someone like Awa is, in fact, that midfield, Awa, Kake, and Gimaraesh or Mendes, depending on who is selected, would actually, they have it in them to be able to deal with Bayern midfield as good as they are. You know, so I think that it's going to come down to not conceding at least in the first half and just keeping it tight and maybe getting a few breaks here and there. And Leon have to actually look good going forward because I've been pretty disappointed with their attacks in the past two games. I think that they were pretty toothless against um, Juventus going, you know, and going forward and also toothless against um, Manchester City. They just capitalized on, you know, one or two breaks in the end. And that was, I mean, one of them was obviously when my guy Jeff came in. So there was that. Um, but that for me, that's how I see the game. I think that they can just avoid conceding and just, you know, really, I don't know how possible that is, but avoid conceding, at least in the first half, they capitalize on something and do better going forward. I don't know if the pie is ideal for this game because he hasn't really looked himself, you know, in, in these games. But if he does start them, they need to have perhaps Musa Dembele or someone. They need to be good on the ball. You know, when they, whenever they break, they need to take advantage of every break they get. And I think it's possible. I think they have faster players than Barcelona. So if they do get those breaks, they'll be able to do better with them, hopefully. Well, you asked the question, which was going to be my next question, which is how do you defend against this Bayern team? Because while I'm sure that Lyon will defend better than Barcelona did, um, and by the way, that's a, <laughs> in ordinary times, that's a surprising claim, but uh, at the minute, there's no questioning it. Uh, still, uh, you know, how do you defend against Bayern? Uh, I think this game is perhaps going to be closer than people think, to be honest with you. Ooh, okay. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, this Baron team, in my opinion, is the best team in the world. And I don't think that it, like, they are just fantastic. And Lyon are going to have their hands completely full with them. But I think what you saw in the Barca game and what you've seen in, and what you saw in that Chelsea, those Chelsea matches and then in the Bundesliga is. If you try and press them, if you stretch out at all, especially through midfield, they're just going to rip you apart. It's not going to be a contest. And I think the fact that Lyon, it looks like, are resigning themselves to playing this medium to low block that is either a 5-3-2 or let's hope it's more of a 5-4-1, I, I think they could limit Bayern perhaps more than, than people think as long as they you know, can stay compact and do their jobs. I also think that as good as this Bayern team is, they have one obvious weak spot, and that's the channel between the right fullback and the right center back. So in this case, I don't know if Pavard's going to be back in time, mm -hmm. uh, but if not, it'll be the space between Kimmich and Boateng. And that space, you can get at that space if you can play well-placed long balls over the top and you have a runner that's for basically since flick's been there that's been their weakest point so if Lyon can set up in a way that 
can limit Bayern as much as possible and then have runners on the left and the right side, they are going to get chances because that line is so high. So I think you could actually potentially see a lot of goals in this match. Mm, yeah. Um, and what you're saying there makes me want to, uh, you know, say that something that I was kind of thinking already, but I thought, it, I mean, it, it feel, I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily agree with this, but I think that Togo Ikambi should probably start again and do the same thing as he did against Manchester City, and which he kind of did against Juve, but I thought it was better against City than against Juve. And, you know, chase those long balls, make those runs, and uh, bring on Dembele later as, you know, to kind of use that that super sub effect. I mean, I know he's not actually, <laughs> he's, you know, he's usually a starter and he's the best goal scorer, but as a sub, I think it's a very interesting impact that he can bring. And even if he's, maybe a little vexed that he hasn't been starting it, it we have been getting i mean we got the best out of him last time like that um but yeah i don't know if you guys want to tear through that argument <laughs> no i think that that is like totally sensible i i went back and i watched some of the game where baron played leipzig back in february which Ooh. finished nil nil and leipzig had a number of pretty clear chances and almost all of them came on the break springing springing players off that you know right and left side and in that match Leipzig going forward basically played a 3-4-3 but with a false nine and Denny Almo played as a false nine and then Kunku and Werner were the two basically stretch wingers and Lyon is really well uh, suited to playing that style of game, especially in this formation that Garcia has. So I do wonder if he ends up with maybe Toko Akambi on the left side or the right side because he's pretty malleable and then get Depay in there or Dembele or even, to be totally honest with you, I think this could be a good match if he's fit enough for Jeffrey Adelaide because he at least would have sort of the technique on the ball to make something happen once he's in open space. And then I think you, you got to look to maybe play Awar as that false nine or number 10 and make those passes. I, th- I think Lyon could do some damage if they were able, if they were able to use that formation. Hmm. You guys are giving me some hope. <laughs> um, I, I hope Lyon is, is listening then. Uh, uh, but although well, if we return to that question of confidence or belief, uh, you know, what is what do you think Lyon feels like right now, the players? Well, um, I think that at this point they must be brimming with confidence and they must feel like they can beat anybody at this point because um, in the past two weeks they've played against PSG and not considered in 120 minutes of football, and that's a team that beat them 5-1 in the cup semi. You know the other cup semi earlier in the year, they've played against them um, Juventus and gone through. They played against Manchester City and Juventus had Cristiano Ronaldo, Mr. Champions League, so that was something. And they, they kept it together. And the first leg, they they were the first team in months to stop Cristiano from scoring. I think first team this year to stop him from scoring in a game. So they went to Manchester City, good by Pep Guardiola, the Manchester City. And they knocked them out as well. So they must be feeling like 
you know, first of all, they have nothing to lose. So there's really no pressure. Obviously, there's the thing about not being in um, Europe next season if they don't win the Champions League. But I doubt they, they, they are looking and saying, oh, this is the pressure we're going to put on ourselves. So they're really playing with no pressure and they're just enjoying their run and enjoying themselves. And also, you know, apart from the fact that they are playing with no pressure, they are bringing with confidence. They feel like they can beat anybody at this point. Because if, once you can beat Juventus and you can beat Manchester City, then you have to be feeling like you can beat anybody. So that confidence plus the lack of pressure and the fact that they can just do what they have been doing and the style that they, they, they've been playing with and the setup and everything is the exact formation that is perfectly suited to a team like Bayern at this point. Because as Kiel mentioned, if they press them, they're going to completely they're going to get completely ripped apart. So they must be feeling really confident and you know just there will be no pressure for them. I think the pressure now is on Bayern because now they've beaten Barcelona 8-2. Everyone expects them to be in the final. And so if they come into this game, 10 minutes, they, they've not been able to really do anything. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and they're getting a bit frustrated uh, you know, by that. And the pressure starts to build. And I think Lyon can take advantage of that. So I think that pressure is on Bayern. And Lyon will just come to play without pressure. They'll be you know, excited to even be here, but hopefully not like 10 years ago when they were a bit too, you know, fulfilled that they had gotten to the Champions League semis. I want to see that, you know, they, they are intent on actually making that final and they believe that they can, they can do it. And I think that's probably what's going through their minds right now. Yeah, interesting. And and do you think that, reversely, do you think that Bayern may have some overconfidence coming into this one? Or is that a feeling that doesn't exist in the uh, narrow range, uh, narrow emotional range of German footballers? No, I, I don't think they have to worry about that at all. Like, okay. <laughs> part of the part of what this Bayern team does so well is always has that confidence, always has that belief that they're going to win. I believe that's part of the Mia San Mia sort of mentality. And I think that's what makes them function so well. Like they just believe that they are going to go in and play their game and execute and they're going to win they're going to win the game because of it. And to be totally honest with you, if Bayern play up to their standard, it's going to be really really difficult for Lyon to win this game. They Lyon have yeah. to hope that they can disrupt them somehow because you know, we haven't talked much about the Lyon back line, but as solid as those that defensive three has been, Leo Dubois hasn't been great, I don't think. I think Corny's been excellent going forward, but this is going to be a completely new and complicated challenge for them. Like the movement in the front four of Bayern, plus how active the fullbacks are and how many like different rotations and looks they can throw at you on the wings. They are just such an excellent side. It, it This is by far their biggest challenge and they're really going to have to be perfect. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, um, I guess that brings us nicely to the time for uh, your predictions. Uh, you know, who's you, who's going to go through, or or what else do you expect from from this game? Well, I'll stick with my earlier prediction and say I think this game will be closer than people think. I think there'll be goals in it. Uh, I don't know. I'm never good at these. But let's throw out three two for Bayern. I think. Okay. <clears throat> for me. <laughs> 
I'm just going to predict that Leon win this. And it's crazy. I've been saying it for days. I also predicted that Leon were going to knock out Manchester City. Confidently, <laughs> by the way. Confidently. And someone told me that he was going to send me money if <laughs> if it actually came to pass. A Man City fan. <laughs> and I've, been, I've been demanding my money ever since. But anyway, uh, I think Leon are going to win this as well. It's going to be tough. I think um, they're going to take advantage of the little weaknesses that Bayern have. And I think that Bayern are going to get very frustrated at some point. And I also, I, I think that um, Bayern are probably jinxed as well. Just like Pep and you know, some, some and Barcelona and the likes. So somehow I feel like this year for Leon gets to the final. Somehow. I don't know where I'm getting that confidence. But I just feel like it's going to happen. So I think Leon probably win this 2-1. I think... Bayern probably score first and just you know concede and then concede again and that'll be the end of that. So Leon to win, putting my chest out. Well, the supernatural hasn't reached out to me, but um, I I really want to believe in you, Clinton, on this one. Um, ah, I really want to say exactly what you're saying, but I know that's not. I I don't feel like that's rational coming from the information in my in my head. Um, my prediction is going to be that I think if Moussa Dembélé is on the bench and that Lyon aren't losing by like four goals or whatever, by the time he comes on, I think he will score. And if he starts, he probably may score too. Um, so I, that's what I'm going to call uh, for this one. Um, but yes, Clinton, you have us all dreaming of, a, of an all-French final here. Um that would be just phenomenal. I call it. I call it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in any case, uh, here's the deal, dear listeners. Uh, we will have two shows this week. We will have one after the PSG game, one after the Lyon game, coming out uh, either very late at night or the following morning. Um, that may depend on what part of the world you are uh, listening from. Um, but you know, it, it will be out shortly after, um, to talk about those games. It's going to be very exciting, whatever the outcome is. Um, and after that, we will be back to Ligue 1 with the return of Ligue 1 next weekend. Uh, you can expect us to, uh, hit our more regular, uh, uh, Monday and Thursday recording slots, which translates to Tuesday, Friday releases, um, so that's uh, something good for you guys to know. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy watching those two games. Uh, we will certainly, uh, well, we'll enjoy it up to a point. Uh, when it comes, when it becomes stressful, I don't know if uh, <laughs> the, some of the enjoyment goes a little bit. But anyways, uh, thank you, Kale, for for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, and I'm I'm crossing my fingers. Yes, and thank you, Clinton. Thank you. So thank you so much. All right. And good luck to all of us. Uh, obviously, between now and then, for the latest football news, French football news, that is, uh, check out GFFN on Twitter and our website. And, uh, you know, we'll have lots of stuff coming out right now. And obviously, our partners, too, have been busy in our in the last few days. And, and uh, our good friends from Get German Football News uh, will also will be as busy as we are in, in this week. So make sure you have a look at them as well, I would recommend. In the meantime, thank you for listening.